and welcome to the Garden Church Podcast. We've been waiting for you. We pray this message inspires, encourages, and blesses you. Thanks for listening. So great. Amen. I really want to, and please no amens right now. I want to preach real short. <laughs> hey, cheeky down the front of you. But there's purpose behind that because I, I want to continue to minister at the altar and, and pray over some groups of people and just where the Holy Spirit leads. I always will be diligent in preparation, bringing the Word of God. Part of that diligence is, what do you want to do, God? Um, And I believe that God just wants to continue to bounce off this message, but pray over some people, free some people in the name of Jesus through his authority today. So it is really good. Uh, Got three scriptures, two from the Old Testament. One from the Pentateuch, which is the first books, five books of the Bible, um, from Exodus, then Isaiah, who is a major prophet, and then we flick over to the New Testament with Jesus speaking in John, and you'll see how they link together somewhere through my message, I pray. <laughs> God will do that. Here we go, Exodus 3. You know the story. It's based around the burning bush experience that Moses had, running away from the call of God, running away from God, And yet God found him, burning bush experience. Here we go. In verse 13, Moses said to God, after God's already said, hey, I want you to deliver my people. I've heard their cries. I want you to deliver my people. Moses said to God, suppose, he's like, okay, thank you for the call, God. But suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, who is his name? Then what shall I tell them? Pause right there. At this point, the God of the Hebrews had not been defined necessarily by a name. And so this is quite significant. Moses is like, yeah, right, I'll go and tell them that you came. Oh, by the way, who are you? (laughs) Bernie Bush, I can see that and I can see I've been, you know, I'm part of this Hebrew community. But who actually are you? God said to Moses, this is interesting, God said to Moses, I am who I am. That is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. If he wasn't confused before, maybe he was confused after. Okay, I am. We pick this same thought up through the prophets, but one I want to point out to you is God describing himself in ways that I I just am. I don't have to prove myself to you. I am. Am Isaiah 43:11, I, even I, am the Lord. This is God speaking through our major prophet. And apart from me, there is no saviour. I have revealed and saved and proclaimed, I am not some foreign God among you. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. Yes, and from ancient days, I am he. Scholars speak about how this connection in Isaiah is a direct connection to what God revealed himself 
uh, as uh, in the burning bush experience, I am here, he's saying. No one can deliver out of my hand when I act. Who can reverse it? So here, here's some language that we, you can follow through. I mean, it's worth a study sometime that God is known as the I am in the Scriptures through the Old Testament. The people, the Hebrew people, the Israelites knew this God as I am. He is one that is ever-present, all-knowing. He is all-powerful. He is God. He is the creator God, the I am. And that's when we get to Jesus and it's quite astonishing, even offensive to the Hebrew listeners when Jesus says these words. Remember John 8, 56. Your father, Abraham, this is Jesus speaking, your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He's saying, Abraham was stoked when he looked at me coming into the earth. He saw that it was glad. Then the crowd pipes up and says, you're not 50 years old, they said to him, and you have seen Abraham? (laughs) Then Jesus comes back, very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. (laughs) To this they picked up stones. We don't have the scripture. To this they picked up stones because he's this guy. They knew his parents. They knew that he was a carpenter. He built houses. And here he is saying, I am. They'd respected Moses. That heard about Moses in the encounter. God revealing himself as the great I am. I am that I am. And then through Isaiah and through all the patriarchs, Abraham, that... We as the Hebrew people, they were, they were thinking, we follow the I am. And here's Jesus. How audacious is he saying that he is the I am. To that, they bent down and picked up stones and about to throw. But Jesus' typical attitude just walked through the crowd. It's like, <laughs> can't touch this. <laughs> He's just walking through the crowd and he goes on in his way. But he is the, the I am. <laughs> today, today, the title of my message, the title of this series is because of Jesus, I am. <laughs> because of Jesus, I am. In, in 2012, I, I took a trip to um, Africa, in particular Uganda. We're going to the, the continent of Africa and to the country of Uganda to do some work there, some missionary work. And typically on the flight, as most of you do, you don't, normally talk that much to the person beside you, except when you come into taxi, you land and then you're taxiing, you think, well, I better be kind of reasonable and ask them, you know, what, who they are, where they're from. And that's what happened to me when I'm on this flight, big flight to, in fact, the first flight was to Dubai. It was a linking flight from, for us from Dubai then to Uganda. We landed in Dubai and I thought, yeah, it's only reasonable that I introduced myself to the, the lady that was sitting beside me. She was... 20-ish, um, long dreadlocks, and she was there. I introduced myself, and I said, where are you travelling to? Are you travelling to Dubai or somewhere else? She said, no, this is a linking flight. I'm going to India, to which I thought, oh, wow, maybe she's, you know, on a missions trip just like I am, you know, it's like this connection, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ. Yes, we love being around people that... But she said, no, I'm, I'm travelling to India and, and this region, particularly in India, to find myself. That was her word. I'm going to India to find myself. To which, as you know, I'm a little bit cheeky. Uh, I paused for a moment and I said, 
oh my goodness, that is easy. I've found you and you're right here. You're on right 24D. I can save you a flight to India. Like some of you, she wasn't really impressed with that. I mean, I could have saved her money, Craig. I could have saved her a flight to India. What she was saying is that, literally out of her words, I'm going to find who I am. I'm going to find myself, my identity. In John 10, Jesus speaks about the enemy, that he's a thief and he comes to steal, rob and to destroy and I think in our generation, he tries to still kill and destroy one thing above all other dimensions of our humanity. And that is in the area of our identity. Here's this, this young lady with a future ahead of her in her young 20s, traveling all the way to India to find herself. In fact, when Jesus was tempted, in the wilderness, after he fasted, two of the three temptations were in the form of challenging his identity of who he was. Now, according to one recent article, there are 63 different genders. The Bible and biology declare that there are only two genders, male and female. You see, I say all this to say there has been an all-out war on the, this generation prompting so much confusion around the area of identity. To unpack that one, I'll go into another message another time. Uh, but I want to ask you this. Why is there so much attack on people's identity? Why is there so much attack around people's identity? And Brigitte used that word in her message. It stood out to me that she had brought, was brought to a place of broken identity. And here's why, I believe why there's so much attack on people's identity. And that's this, whoever or whatever holds your identity shapes your destiny. Whoever or whatever holds your identity shapes your destiny. Very practical story around this. A team, the missionaries that we support in Thailand do some work with with uh, young people, particularly young ladies that have been sold in sex trafficking. Quite often the story is repeated that they get bought or kidnapped one way or the other at the top end of Thailand, right on the Burmese-Laos border, and they get put on a train and they get sent down south where then they're sold into uh, selling their bodies and prostitution. But here's the thing is that when they get first kidnapped, their identity papers get taken from them. Their passports, their, their travel visas, they get taken from them, their, their wallet, so that they cannot survive any longer. They can't get work as, as it is in Thailand without these identity papers. So they, their identity is taken. And here's the point is that when a person's identity is taken, it also affects their destiny, you see. I remember being a teenager. I know that's a long time ago. You must say, oh, that's a good memory you must have. But I remember being a teenager and coming to the realisation, you may remember this, that I was the only one on the planet. <laughs> for good or for bad. But I was the only one of me. 
like self-revelation that it's me. It's for me, Jonathan Edward Kerridge. That's my name if you didn't know. It was like, I'm, you know, there's no one else like me. It was like, Denny, there's nobody. There's, and, and there is, there's nobody like you. But I remember being a teenager thinking, wow, I'm just not a number. Uh, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, there's something in me. That, uh, and it was a forming of identity. But if you're anything like me, you would understand that for most of our lives, it's an ongoing challenge to stay in Christ's position of identity and who we are in him. Even now as a grown man, 48 years of age, I was last Sunday. Yeah, 48, don't be late and um, shut the gate. And uh, so 48 last Sunday, even now as a grown man, to, to stay in a position of who I am in Jesus is an ongoing, if not day by day, revelation and positioning my heart in the form and the place of his identity because the world is not backward and coming forward and coming forward and trying to squeeze me into its vision and purpose and image of my life and so to be people of faith it's so powerful to be people that are continually believing who we are in Jesus being formed into his image and identity for our lives and so this is a very important part of Christianity is not only discovering who God is but in the same way discovering who I am because of God who I am you heard that said this morning so eloquently in a beautiful testimony of how our identity in Jesus it it just changes when we come into relationship but it continues to change and continues to go deeper, deeper and deeper into our identity in Christ. So you say, Jono, what's this got to do with the text we read? We're talking about Moses, Abraham, Jesus. What is all this? Well, Jesus, in the book of John, it's recorded of all the Gospels, it's recorded of Jesus. They're called self-declarations where Jesus declared who he was. Who he was. In fact, there were seven major self-declarations in the book of John. The, the, the writer of the book of John is obviously John. is <laughs> one of Jesus' disciples. And he heard a perspective of Jesus' teaching unlike the other, the, the other gospel writers. And he records these statements. They're called the I am statements where Jesus declares himself as I am something. I am who I am. Once again, it's language dating back, connecting right back to Moses and the patriarchs, but to God, the creator of the universe. Here's something powerful, which is my connection today. You know, John is one that heard these statements above all others. Maybe the others heard them, but for John, they just nodded in his spirit. They just connected with his spirit. There's something significant about this because of all the disciples, John was the only one that described himself as the disciple that Jesus loved. Oh, I thought that was going to get a better response. 
And so he, once again, here's the link. He hears Jesus declaring who he was, uh, Jesus declaring who he was. And then for John, he heard that and recognised that that for him, it meant he was in a special high place. Now, were the other disciples loved by Jesus? Absolutely. But for John, he interpreted what Jesus was and who he is through his eyes and his framework to the point that he said of himself, I am the disciple that Jesus loved. <laughs> and so I'm just going to keep on writing. I'm just going to keep on preaching and I pray that you will get this. So here's, some of, here's the point here, that revelation of Jesus transforms how we see ourselves. Revelation of who Jesus is transforms how we see ourselves. This is why this message is so very important. In fact, this series is so very important because it's speaking right to the identity, the makeup of who we are as human beings. And our identity cannot and will not be found in anything that the world offers, but only in our Creator, Jesus Himself. When we have a revelation of Jesus, it transforms how we see ourselves. That's why for the Gospel writer of John, he heard the statements, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I'm the way, the truth and the life. And I am the true vine. He heard that through the mouth of Jesus. And he interpreted that, interpreted that through his own mind and said, I am the disciple who Jesus loves. Some months ago when I was brewing on this series um, around the I am statements of Jesus from the book of John. I, I thought it'd be purely preaching from those I am statements, which they will be. Myself and the team will be preaching from the I am statements. But as I dug deeper and studied and just meditated and prayed for you for this series, God spoke to me and said, I want people to see themselves clearer as they see me clearer. So that's the whole point of this series, unapologetically leading right into Easter, that we would see Jesus clearer so that you can see you clearer. And you will see Jesus clearer. You will see yourself clearer when you see Jesus clearer. See, the new age, the, the new age spirit will be all about self. In fact, get away with God. It's, it's all about stuff. But Christianity is, you know what? I am who I am because of I am. <laughs> That's the title of this message today in this series, Because of Jesus, I am. Can you turn to the person beside you and say that? Say, because of Jesus, I am. <laughs> You see, it's in Jesus, put this up here, it's in Jesus we discover who we are. <laughs> we discover who we are. Ephesians 1 says it even better, Ephesians 1, 11 to 12. It's in Christ Jesus that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us had designs on us for glorious living, 
part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and in everyone. <laughs> is that not cool? In, in fact, through our whole teaching series over the next you know, several weeks, we'll be preaching from the book of John. John makes it very clear of his purpose for writing the book of John. Can you put up the scripture, John 20 there? Because I want to show you something in this. John's making it very clear why he wrote the book. He said, these things are written that you may believe. In in fact, uh, that's NIV, but the NLT version actually translates a lot better, that you keep on believing. Not just that, oh, I believe way back in 1974, I gave my life to Jesus and beautiful. But God's saying, hey, through, through John, God is saying, hey, keep on reading these things. Keep on immersing yourselves into these things so that you keep on believing. No, 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 go back, please. Oh, there you did. Back again. Awesome. Believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, watch this, and that by believing in him, you will have life. Everyone say life. life. By the power of his name. Now, you would rightly say, yeah, that life is interpreted eternal life, which it is, but it's richer than that. It's deeper than that. And it's not just existence. People would say, well, I'm breathing Don't I have life? Well, you're existing with breath. That word life there is in Greek the word zoe. Any zoes here? There's no zoes here? Well, maybe there is. Yes, you're getting to the point. I'm talking about the girl named Zoe. Zoe means life, but it's richer than just breath. And it's richer, even more richer than just eternal life which praise God we have through Jesus Christ our Lord. But the Zoe life is the same word that Jesus used when he said in John 10.10, I have come that you might have life and life in all its fullness and abundance. It's the Zoe kind of life. There is dimensions to your health, your well-being, your identity in Jesus because of the life that Jesus gives to us. If you want to just go ahead and give Jesus a hand clap of praise, I'm not going to stop you. So before I pray over some people, in fact, the keyboardist, can you, can you come? Keyboardist, I said that subtly because it's my daughter and I didn't want to embarrass her. <laughs> uh, Jesus would want to say to you, Fear is not your future, but I am. (laughs) He would want to say to you, sickness is not your story, but I am. (laughs) Heartbreak is not your home, (laughs) but he would say to you, I am. (laughs) He would want to speak over you today and say, failure is not your fate, but I am. He would say, death is not the end. But he would say, but I am. Loneliness is not your limit, but I am. Depression is not your destiny. But he would say, but I am. Can you give Jesus a hand clap of praise for his goodness and his grace? I'm going to go real practical. Then can go back to real spiritual. 
Can you run down the front here with one of those Bibles for me really quickly? We want to see you all run, Violet. Come on, we want to see you run. Come on, Violet, give Violet a hand clap of praise. (laughs) Can I have one of those? And You you can stay there, Violet, because this is a book of John. If you do not have a book of John, I want to give you one. This is the Passion Translation version of the book of John because here's the deal. We've got 25 days between now, actually tomorrow and Easter Friday, 25 days. There's 21 chapters in the book of John. I'm calling all of us here to read one chapter of John per day. Can you say, whoa? We're a church that encourages reading the Bible because the Bible will transform your life and your future and your destiny and the whole world if you allow it. And so I think, I mean, a chapter might be five minutes, Violet. I mean, you, you know, speed read like my wife, it's probably like a minute and a half. But one chapter a day, right through to Easter. And I'm praying that as you come to these I am statements and as you read it, that like that Scripture says, that faith will come into your heart, that a new identity will just be forged. And you see Jesus afresh, not, not just seeing yourself, but we're seeing Jesus and then that is showing us who we are because of Jesus, that you would just be brought into a beautiful, open revelation, first of all, of Jesus, but then also your identity in who you are in Jesus. So if you don't have a Bible, you can grab one right now. The team's coming either side. So put up your hand, put your hand up. You don't have a Bible, you don't have a book of John. I want you to read that. But can you all do that? Who's going to do that? Put your hand up. No, no, keep it up, keep it up because the rest, I'm not going to give a coffee after church. Just kidding, put it down. We'll always be a church that leads you to Jesus. You do with it from there what you and Jesus and the Holy Spirit will do, but that is just so good. So you got that one chapter starting tomorrow in the book of John. I believe God's just going to revolutionise our heart, brought into Jesus. It's going to be powerful. Garden is a life-giving church with a passionate commitment to help people grow in a loving relationship with Jesus, to gather in a faith-filled community, and to go and make a difference in our world. Find out more at gardenchurch.com. That's G-A-R-D-N church.com. Or on Instagram and Facebook at Garden Church. That's G-A-R-D-N church.